You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast, putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy. Hey people, how are you doing? Welcome to episode 155 of the Sports Therapy Association podcast. My name is Matt Phillips, creator of OneJetLive.com, and as always, this episode is being recorded live on a Tuesday at 8 o'clock on the STA YouTube channel. And I'm pleased to say there's already people flocking into the live lounge. If you do decide to come and join us live, then I can bring everything you say and comment and question up onto the screen. For example, first through the door tonight was Penny of Soma Sports Massage Therapy. How are you doing, Penny? Penny is saying, hello, everyone. It's been a while. Glad to be back. Hope you are all well and thriving. Fantastic. Nice to see you back, Penny. Uh, Lynn Powman is in here as well. I think I leave last time I talked to Lynn, you're walking your dog. Beautiful evening to be listening to the STA podcast whilst walking dogs. Exactly. Good to see you, Lynn. Sabrina is in here, says hello, everybody. Hi, Sabrina. Glenn Murphy is here. Um, so Catherine Reimer is here as well, and more people are coming in. So if you are listening to the podcast, and you're thinking, actually, I could make eight o'clock, uh, not every Tuesday, community Tuesday, then, then do come and join us live. It's really nice to hang out together. And obviously, you can ask our question, the questions to our guests directly. Um, tonight, as it's the first Tuesday of the month, then what we do every month, first Tuesday, is we have a Ask Us Anything episode, which is where I'm joined by either STA regional reps or STA members um, to form a little panel. And together we answer questions which have been either emailed into me, which is matt at the sta.co.uk, or I also grab them from the marvellous Sports Massage Training and Support Group run by our good friend Tracy McClimmon or McClyman. I must work out whether which pronunciation it is for that, um, uh, that name one day. So before I bring up our panel for this episode of Ask Us Anything, um, I just want to uh, thank actually our speakers for last month. What a great month. I say it every every month, but last month, the focus of the month was nutrition. And we had three really cracking episodes. They really were so good. Um, just briefly letting you know, in case you haven't caught up with them, episode one or part one, episode 152, was all about eating disorders with special guest Nick Pollard, who's director of Family Mental Wealth and co-author of the Oxford Specialist Handbook on Eating Disorders. Um, amazing story, family story involving a member of the family who was suffering from anorexia and then went on to become a GP. And is, the three of them now together, uh, mum, dad and daughter, are doing some amazing work to raise awareness and get rid of some of the misinformation regarding um, eating disorder. So well worth checking that out. Part two, uh, which is episode 153, was relative energy deficiency in sport, commonly known as REDS or RED-S, uh, where my special guest was Lucy Gilbanks ex-international athlete and researcher of reds again it was another uh, example of somebody who suffered competing at um, international level um, from symptoms of reds um, wasn't getting support wasn't getting recognition um, and now is doing everything she can to help other female athletes and male athletes which is a big part of her studies um, recognize and understand that it's not just about the physiological or the physical um, symptoms is all about the psychosocial uh, destruction of life that, that, that symptoms of res can have and often that they can be more um, long-lasting and they're the things which can split up families and cause problems and stop them going out and eating and all these sort of things so really great episode and then finally part three which was 154 was all about gut health the gut microbiome which uh, was last week um, and it was with award-winning nutritionist dr lucy williamson which again was just such an eye-opener it was an absolutely incredible episode 
Um, never had the pleasure before of speaking to Dr. Lucy Williamson, a great educator, so passionate about her job. Um, and if you are interested, we did look at uh, the website and there is a, again, a course. I always feel worried about pushing courses. I'm not pushing them, I'm just raising awareness to them because it's such a great course to do uh, to recognize symptoms where you could just signpost your patients or clients um, to um, a GP, maybe a nutritionist, a registered nutritionist, because some of the symptoms could be to do with gut health. And it's one of those things which is becoming more and more evidence-based and it's got the simplest uh, solutions by just changing your diet a little bit. So if you're interested in the gut health, um, then go to lwnutrition.co.uk and you'll see um, signposted there um, a tab for the uh, gut health course and you can get 50 pounds off using the code gut health 50 which is just g-u-t-h-e-a-l-t-h 50 and you get 50 quid off um, and that's just because you're a loyal, loyal listener um, to our podcast so there we go it's a fantastic month for nutrition um after tonight's episode this month is going to be i'm so excited this month is going to be about chat gpt and artificial artificial intelligence um, something which is again in the news um, we're going to have a few speakers who are telling about um, how useful it can be for therapists for clinicians how to use it in your marketing your advertising um, for writing blogs endless as you can imagine and that's going to be happening the rest of the month so there we go that's what's happening on the sports therapy association podcast as always you can check out all episodes on your favorite podcast app if you like listening to it or you can watch it if you fancy on youtube um, and you can also watch it on the sta website which is the sta.co.uk right that's where we are but like i say tonight it's all about ask us anything we've got a fantastic panel of sta um, regional reps and members and also the founder gary benson's going to be coming up as well and as always tim allardyce so what i'm going to do is bring these people up as we start our ask us anything you're listening to the sports therapy association podcast putting evidence back into soft tissue therapy right number one in no particular order there's gary benson hey gary how you doing yeah fine thank you matt hello everybody and let's bring up here this for people listening to the podcast you've got to remember the voices now because you're obviously not getting a picture so simon webster is here hey simon how you doing i'm good how you doing you okay very well thank you for joining us again second time now becoming a bit of a regular thing for you thank you for that all right big bad betty boy benjamin mace crossley is in the house yo 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 <laughs> probably fourth or fifth time now um, with uh, award-winning artist Benjamin Mace Crossley so thank you very much for joining us again Benjamin um, and also we got down there Ryan Smith and family I think family's out of the room now but Ryan's with us hey Ryan <laughs> you've got to watch the YouTube video just for that greet it's a cross between Ricky Gervais and I think Vincent <laughs> Motley Crew. it was an interesting combination who says I haven't Hey, Ryan, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us again. No worries. Um, and also, um, regular man of the hour here to help us with the difficult questions. We've got Tim Allardyce. Hey, Tim, how are you doing? Hey, guys, voice, yeah, so, good. Nice to see you all. Uh, not looking quite as dapper as last week, but that would be impossible. 
never be able to do that. Right, gang, thanks so much uh, for joining us again on uh, a Thursday night. This is all a Tuesday night. This is all recorded. So I appreciate you giving up your time. Just quickly for people who don't know you, um, you've got a 90 second elevator pitch to basically tell us who you are, where you are, what your connection with the STA is, and just let our listeners know yeah, who they can be hearing from. So we'll go around the clock maybe. Gary, would you like to start for those who don't know you? Yeah, I'm Gary Benson. I'm the founder of the Sports Therapy Association. Um, Ten years ago now, um, come September is when, when this was embryonic and I started it because I felt isolated when I was a, a member of an alternative organisation. Um, so I thought with my, with my contacts and my uh, experience in the industry, I thought, you know, we could probably do it better. And, and I'm sure you'll all agree that we've got a great team behind us now in all aspects of the, the podcast, the Women in Sports Therapy podcast, the regional representatives, the admin team. So I basically talk to people every day. That, that's, my, that's my role. It's just talk to people, support them, guide them. Um, and I'm always here to help. Amazing. There you go. So people listen to the podcast. That's the voice of Gary Benson. And let's have um, a hi now from Simon Webster. Uh, good evening, everybody. Hope everyone is well. My name is Simon Webster. I am part of the STA on the South Coast, Bournemouth. Um, my regional rep, Alex Moore, always kindly nominates me to come on to the Sports Therapy Association chats because he is apparently very busy on a Tuesday, probably laughing at me. Um, I have my own little company called Webo Wellness, uh, where I do sports massage therapy and personal training um, freelance, but I also work at Bournemouth University uh, PTing there and with the sports scholars uh, working with uh, massage basically to help optimise their performance because they get quite a nice little package deal where they work with strength and conditioning and then they come see me for a bit of treatment afterwards. So um, yeah, it's going quite well at that moment. Excellent. Thanks, Simon. Thanks for joining us. Um, and then Benjamin, would you be so kind as introduce yourself? Hello, hello. I'm Benjamin Mace Crossley, uh, regional rep of the Northwest, Lower Northwest. It's not the real Northwest. Chester, uh, one side of Manchester area, Liverpool. Um, I run a little business called Repose, as well as working for a as a PT um, for a lady called Katie Challoner, based in Chester. And I'm a soon-to-be student of sports injury rehabilitation. Excellent. Fantastic shout out to all the sports we have us out there as well. Who I'm, yes. I'm always saying it's difficult enough saying sports massage therapist and sports therapist. If I have to bolt on sports rehab therapist or sports rehabber out there, it's just I'd never get anything on Twitter. So, yeah. <laughs> but we do recognize I'm really excited about you doing that course, Ben. And maybe um, yeah. we can talk about it a little bit later on. It'll be really cool. Um, what else we got? We got Ryan. Sorry, what else? Who else have we got here? We got Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, say rude. hi. Absolute rude. <laughs> yeah, so uh, for me, regional rep east of England. Uh, don't quote me on that one thing so yeah east of england and then um working rugby primarily with ilkeston rugby club uh for rugby union and derby elks in the summer which is rugby league um have to be diplomatic though both uh, proper rugby uh just keeping it diplomatic there um yeah and obviously regular sort of reoccurrence for me on this uh, and we've got a whole episode dedicated to let's be frank as well which is my podcast yeah, yeah. I mean, we should, before we get to Tim Allardyce, just want to mention, I think the congratulations is in order, isn't it? TV star now. Not quite, not quite. Yeah, so we've um, been approached. Uh, we've recorded a TV pilot, so who knows? Okay. Who knows? That's big, that's big. So that's who big knows? Yeah. 
Right. On the way to 100,000 downloads as well. Congratulations, yeah. No, really good. Well, well deserved, I think. It's love to read the comments because there's massive support um, for you guys. And yeah, you deserve every single bit of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing it at Therapy Expo as well, um, which I think is going to be one of our questions tonight. So we can maybe talk about that in a little second. Um, and then left to last, but definitely not the least, um, regular guru expert. I'm going to have it's at the moment just says Tim. I'm just going to add your dice here. It's surname. I was just way too form, informal. Hey, hey guys, Tim, how, you doing? how are you? Doing good. How are you? Very well. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Tim, just in case uh, people are aware. In a nutshell, uh, physio, osteopath, um, health coach, um, expert in rehabilitation, um, been to six Olympic Games, run software, work half day week in NHS, um, and a whole load of other stuff. But um, yeah, I do all sorts of things. Amazing. I think that's given oh, enough of the reason why we love having you here um, to answer some of the more difficult questions. Brilliant. Thank you so much for joining us again, Tim. Right, gang, really good to see you here, six of us. Uh, I think actually looking at the comments, don't forget if this is the podcast, then if you join us live, you can leave comments and questions. I think Nikki Mansfield, who's in the house tonight, has summed it all up basically by saying, would you look at that? It's Boiser right there on the FTA screen. So I think my wife, kind of... I'll say my wife would definitely disagree with that one. <laughs> uh, that's the kind of level we're talking about if you're listening to podcasts. Then yeah, basically... Boys owners, yeah, it's not bad. We can go with that. Right. Faces for radio. <laughs> exactly. Faces. Speak for yourself. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> right, we've got a lovely selection of um, letters, letters, emails, going back to the 80s there, letters were sent in. Um, yeah, Barry took here. We, yeah, we've got a lovely uh, load of emails that have come in. Again, if you do want to send emails for next, uh, first of next month, which will be August, then you, you can email them to matt.sta.co.uk. What I'm going to do, as always, is I'm going to bring them up onto the screen as well. For those of you listening in the live lounge, you'd like someone to read. And then we'll just free speech people who have got a bit of experience in there, then, uh, then go for it. So um, I shall bring up. Uh, the first of the questions for tonight, which I've seen in a few forms. Um, I've put it on the screen there for people to have a little look. Hey, I'm going to therapy expedition. Is it worth it? And I put it up there because it's one, it's just everywhere at the moment because therapy expo is happening in mid November. I can't remember the exact dates now, 20 something and something. Um, uh, but two, it reminds me that some people have never been there yet, which freaks me out because when you're there, you're just surrounded by thousands of people and you think everyone knows about it. So it's nice to be reminded that not everyone is in our bubble. So um, who wants to start? Anyone here going to therapy expedition? Yeah, I'm going. Um, <laughs> we've, um, we've been with Therapy Expo since its inception in Manchester. Um, I didn't exhibit there, but I attended as a delegate for two years, uh, started exhibiting uh, 10 years ago when the STA was founded. Um, since then, we've, we've grown exponentially. We now have our own theatre uh, with keynote speakers. We have a large um, stand where you can meet the STA team. And this year, we've also got an area where you can uh, meet our speakers. Um, so once they finish, we can, we can have breakouts and, and go and ask questions of the speaker so we don't block the aisles like we have done previous years. The only time we didn't go was during COVID. Um, a little bit apprehensive about going back post-COVID, but it was really good. It grew again last year. Um, the content looks amazing for this year. Um, and for those of you who are STA members, I have posted a 
a special discount code for our members in the members only portal on Facebook and in a newsletter that's been sent to everybody's registered email addresses today. So uh, that's a unique price point that we get and that will be maintained until the event. But yeah, really looking forward to it this year. I haven't put together the team yet, um, so I will be sending out um, some some kind of a communication to ask for for people who want to get involved on the on the stand again this year but yeah really looking forward to it and it's a great two days for networking um there's lots of content there there's something for everybody no matter what your your job title is yeah i think so i mean when i see these comments i will reply and i say right first of all i'm biased because i'm organizing the speakers for the sta theater and we're very much invested in it in terms of not money wise well spending in terms of invested spending wise without any return but it's it's a case of just we are invested in helping deliver the best quality kind of evidence informed information and getting the industry um, up to scratch um, and that's one of the things hats off to therapy expo for asking for the last couple of years it's the second year they've had the um, panel for advice is it gary which you've been on yeah it is the second year and you know if if we i know it's in the, at the nec in the north um there used to be something similar at, at um excel in london and that was the elite therapy sports therapy show which was kind of taken over and merged with elevate but uh, we went to elevate last year and it wasn't really very th therapy specific it was more fitness industry um so we didn't exhibit this year we didn't even attend as delegates they are hoping to get more therapy specific content for next year um but we'll we'll see what happens but therapy expo is the one for me to go to brilliant um Simon, you spoke actually, you were on the podcast um, last year, weren't you? you? Was it your first time at the Expo last year and then you came on and spoke around? No, it was second year last okay. year. Um, <clears throat> so I will, I will be going again this year because it's just one of those opportunities that as a therapist you, you get to go to. Um, and there's so much content that it's actually really quite hard to digest, but you can just take little snippets away. So uh, I think most of the, the speakers or, or lecturers, whatever you want to call it, uh, they're on for about... 30 to 45 minutes and like I say it's a lot to take in but if you just take little snippets away it's just so beneficial um I, I you know I tried to plan out which ones I was going to go to and it was it was quite difficult and I ended up going to Dr Gary Mendoza's talk twice um there were different chats but just to try and take little bits away from what he was saying because it just really helped in the way I approached so um is it worth it 100 percent 100 percent especially with the STA um association with it as well excellent i love that idea going to see the same person twice just to take it all in and that's a real good message for people because it did it was a bit of a panic isn't it you see so many speakers you think quantity is going to be the answer the more you can see the better you're going to be but from speaking with people last year a lot of people were just they got back woke up on whenever it was monday and thought oh my god i don't remember much of that it was all yeah. a blur you know so maybe it's better didn't you do the same speak, the same talk three times or something, Matt? Me? Yeah. Probably whenever there was a gap, I was in there. Yeah. Somebody could, somebody was ill, so I went to the main theatre and delivered something about gait analysis. They all, yeah, that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I will say about going to see speakers, though, it's something that Stevie Barr mentioned when I was last on the podcast, is that if and when you do go to Therapy Expo, go see the people that you don't necessarily agree with. Really because it just really just does challenge your perception and if you walk away thinking no i i, I think that, you know what you've learned is the right way or they might actually say something or you think i agree with that so it's an opportunity as well to see those people that do kind of challenge your 
your beliefs, your perceptions of what you believe sports therapy, whatever your practice is. Um, so yeah, definitely go see everyone as much as you can. Yeah, great bit of advice. I'll, uh, I'll use this time just to do a little bit of plugging. Um, so I'll be, uh, I think so anyway, um, she did send me a message um, a couple of days ago asking if I'd like to rejoin her again this year. So hopefully um, I'll be joining Anna Maria on a hands-on hub. Uh, so this will be the second time, uh, the second year that she's running the hands-on hub, which was, uh, I don't know if you guys called on there. I know you did, Matt, but it was a, it was a great success. Having something a little bit more sort of interactive and what people can get involved in and showing the wonders of what, um, you know, therapeutic touch actually can do for people. And yeah, it's really good, really good. So, and the layout this year is going to be really cool because we really we've got this horseshoe thing going on now where we've got us down one side and then the speaker's lounge in the centre and we've got the hands on up on the other. Because together, yes. yeah. pretty good message to be delivered, and we're all kind of working together and the same on the same page with the same efforts. And so yeah, really excited. Um, yeah, say, Ryan. Yeah, so for for me, it was like obviously my first year there as uh, just get, go into the events anyway, um, but as a regional rep as well. I think it was really good to interact with uh, members from, from sort of East of England and, and, and that sort of networking uh, where you normally wouldn't probably get that. Um, for, for me, I found that really valuable. Um, yeah, and, and I think I'm, I'm taking a step up this year, which is a, a little bit of a, yeah, bit nervous, nervous about this one coming up. So You're always nervous, mate. That's part of your charm and success, I think. Uh, both of you it's great to see it's that modesty and then you know and then you're in the line yeah it's great don't don't ever stop being nervous i think it's a great trait of yours no really exciting you're gonna be speaking in the sta theater again which is really exciting and yeah looking forward to it um and then tim allardyce you've been there a few years I mean, you've been involved in conferences pretty much all over the world haven't you so anything yeah, about therapy expo which you like i think you, gary and i share something i think we, we were both at manchester for the very 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 first one um trying to remember the lady's name that, that ran it um but we were exhibiting in in, in manchester. lisa reynolds maybe yeah lisa so Lisa, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then she, she, she I think it's she, she it on. She sold it to the team now running it. Um, so yeah, planning to be there. I, mean, I just need to figure out what, how, where we're going to be based in terms of stand and negotiate um, with Therapy Expo in terms of where's best place. Best, be, yes. Best. I know where you are, Tim. Oh, I know where you are. Could you yeah. please negotiate with Therapy Expo a really good price? Because <laughs> I think the yeah, yeah. they we, sent me was extortionate. The the, um, the the thing that we had the idea that we had last year when we were talking, Tim, was to create that sort of village square atmosphere. Yep. So what we've done is we've got that back wall. There's yourself, our the STA stand, and then the hands-on hub all together in sort of one area, sort of adjacent to the um, to the STA theatre. So um, yeah, um, I, I yeah, we'll chat soon anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm up for that. Super. It's going to be great. And um, in the lead up to it, like we did last year, um, so starting probably around mid-September or something, we'll make sure that we have some of our guests in the STA theatre on the show so you can get a little insight into what they'll be talking about to help make your decision making a little easier. Um, remember, it's like everything. Don't ask somebody else who you should go and see. Just look at the content, see if it applies to you. I think that's something that Tim's spoken about a lot when it comes to, you know, choosing what to do and see what's good for your business plan, you know, and, and then make a decision just because it works for one person doesn't necessarily mean it will be good for you. So yeah, 
it's going to be great. Um, so there'll be a big lead up to that. And we're looking forward to seeing all of you face to face again. Right, let's bring up question number two. We've got some lovely ones to get through this evening. If that's all right. Um, Q&A, so let's bring up question two. Okay, nice functional question. Here we go. So um, on the screen, there's the short version. Electrical hydraulic massage tables that won't break the bank. And the full question, uh, which was taken from Sports Massage Training and Support Group, Darren Carroll was I'm in need of a sturdy massage table and I'm looking at the electric or hydraulic rising ones do you have recommendations for less expensive ones and ideally sites that offer finance who's got experiences in tables yeah uh, go on Gary first uh, no I was going to say that STA members we have a working relationship with uh, Trimbio or Trimbio um, and whenever I see this sort of question, I always try and tag Simon in because they do very good deals on um, reconditioned plinths, uh, both hydraulic and electric. They have the new ones as well. But I got an electric um, plinth, you know, when I first started by going to a, an expo not dissimilar to, to therapy expo, but on a smaller scale. And, and at the end, uh, approached one of the, uh, the suppliers and said, you know, would you sell your couches? Uh, and, and we bought, a friend and I bought three couches. We sold one, which covered the cost of ours. Um, and I've had an electric couch now for 20, 20 years nearly. 18 years um, I've had to have a bearing replaced and I've had to have the motor reconditioned they are expensive if they need repairing so I know there's a lot of comments about buy one off eBay for 100 quid but if something does go wrong uh, there's no warranty um, and of course we have to have everything safety tested now in clinic so that's an important aspect of it but uh, yeah Trimbio for, uh, for for STA members uh, there is a link in in the website uh, Nicky Mansfield's added there in the comments in the live lounge. Trimbio are always at Therapy Expo. They sell refurbished secondhand electric and hydraulic couches. So there's a nice little heads up from Nicky. Thank you, Nicky. And my last three couches were bought, were refurbished couches bought from Trimbio as well. So um, I think we're all on that same um, the same pattern of, of messaging. Um, I, I would just add, if there's been a major event in the UK, they'll often um, buy treatment tables and you might be able to get in touch with the organizing committee to buy them cheap after the major event is finished like the commonwealth games or the london olympics and um, we bought three um after the london olympics um, um electric couches we, we always use electric um and so if there's a major event you can often tap into things they're shifting so sell everything cheap at the end of an uh, you know a few weeks after an event Great advice. What about some of the advantages or disadvantages or, or does anybody here like prefer using for whatever reason traditional put it up yourself leave it up kind of thing or is everybody sold into one of these two? No so I've got a um, I use a portable one uh, but it's a quite high standard portable one um, I got it from Massage Warehouse website and mm -hmm. um, it's an Earthworks Touch Plus I believe and it's me it's a dream it's super comfy um, I can stick it in a bag if I want it on my shoulder. I mean, if I'm walking from one side of a festival field to another, it, you know, 15 kilos on the shoulder can become a bit heavy and painful, a bit of a drag at times. But um, no, it's it's top quality, super comfortable. Uh, stays exactly what it needs to be. There's no squeaking, no wobbling. It's perfect. I think from what I've read, that's part of the difference because I've got a little screenshot here. I just did a search on um, Google for like couches to look at prices and things. And you can see just from the eight or so, we can't see this in the podcast, but the prices can range from like 350 up to 2,000 yeah. pounds or more. Such variance. And I was like, just wanted to check 
you know what some of the differences are between them and what you're losing out with and there seems to be a lot of factors involved but um i think it's like any couch isn't it if you go for the cheaper one it's just not really as comfortable for the client you're not gonna have as much variability in terms of moving it as it's segmented so you really got to look and think about again i suppose your own business and see what your clients are going to need are you going to be propping them up putting them down are you going to be raising the height much i think one of the big ones was how high it goes i'm six six so if i've got a couch which only goes up to kind of five something low then it's just it's not going to be good for me I mean, it's not really useful and also the other one i saw which was interesting as well and it made me think was if you're doing seated work and the person wants to have their feet under the table or something or that's another thing if you've got loads of junk there and and, and it just blocks out feet and things and body parts and that can be a big difference as well if you like getting people in different positions rather than just lying down so yeah yeah so, so also part of that question as well matt uh, was you know how um so, you know if you can pay off on finance and whatnot a lot of websites now on the internet there's so you know that you can pay with apple or google and stuff there's also a new one which is shop pay and i know um the massage warehouse has the ability to shop pay on there and that splits the costs into three six nine twelve months there's a similar thing called kona isn't there? i think it's kona it's called as well so there's plenty yeah. of options out there i mean uh we got a couch at the rugby club i think it cost it was a hydraulic one a few years old but cost 200 pounds to get it serviced and refurbed and whatnot and and we got ourselves a good couch so uh, you know there's there's plenty of options out there but it's it's really what works for you that's tough simon and you put what do you use um well we use hydraulic at the university and mm-hmm. we've just had them reconditioned and it, it costs a little bit to get it redone um but for the sake of comfort for your clients it's it's you know, a couple of hundred quid that is, is always worth spending. Um, just to kind of pro um, pro for the Therapy Expo, again, the couch I have at home is a portable one, which I actually won at Therapy Expo, so it's another reason it goes to that. But, um, you know, uh, one of the stands uh, managed to get a free couch out of it. It's one of those portable ones, which maybe doesn't come up as high as I would like it, but at the same point, for the sake of 350 quid, I'm quite happy just to have that slight lean forward. Very cool. A penny is added here. Saved my back a lot of pain since I upgraded to electric from a portable type. There's so many factors, isn't there? Your health, the patient's comfort, whether you're going to be carrying it across the festival. Uh, Why is yes, it also trying to sell it then? Second. No, so no, I can I can actually tell you the story behind pennies. Um, she she <laughs> she she got she bought one um, from. Uh, Alex Hall with the, I think it's Therapy Warehouse or Therapy Empire. Um, and then she uh, won one last year at the uh, Sports Massage Academy's annual conference. Um, and uh, so she won one. So she's got the new one and now she's selling her other one. <laughs> I think it also depends, Matt, on, on the location you work. And if you're a mobile therapist, it's, it's not appropriate to have a hydraulic or a, mm. an electric one. But also, you know, some people work in a multidiscipline setting. And, and if you've got three or four therapists working from the same room, having something that's height adjustable with ease is extremely beneficial. Um, Chimbio do a reconditioning service. And, and the, the, the bit that Ryan mentioned, Klarna and PayPal also do those stage payments. Yeah. Yeah, that's the, that's it, not Kona. Where do I get Kona from? <laughs> Klarna. But Klarna's like the devil for me. If I'm buying stuff for my motorbike or something, everything can be split <laughs> into four. It's like, it can be a bit of a danger one as well if you're not very good at thinking ahead. Yeah. Suddenly it's reduced down to little monthly payments and it's like, yeah, but every month for four or five months. But anyway, no, advice, gang. Really good. Um, Those Damien watches don't come cheap, do they? 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Okay. Let's go to the next question, if that's okay with you guys. We've got a lot to get through. So, um, next one. This is a very interesting one. I'll put it up on the screen. Um, short version is services other than sports massage to help boost bookings. The long version um, on the website was, again, from it was anonymous the sports massage training support group which is quite nice on facebook if you don't want your name to be out there you're just asking a question you can put it on this um does anybody offer any other services other than sports massage to help boost bookings i'm looking at adding some strings to my bow to help get me to the 20 hours a week target conversation let's com uh, have conversations with your clients um is the biggest one uh for, for you know does your client need cups? Do they need acupuncture? If they don't, then, then there's no point spending that money. You know, have a quality conversation with your clients. They'll come back, keep coming back, you know, become a master of conversation. Is that something you can offer? How do you kind of, or do they not realise they need that until after they've been with you for a while, maybe? It's that, it's that again, it's that, it's that conversation. You know, it's just talking and, and it, throughout all the sessions at the, right at the start, start, start as you mean to go on. Um, and I think, I think if you can crack that, then, you know, they'll keep, you'll feel that 20 hours quite easily. I think with this question, Matt, that there's, it's a question I think that's come from somebody who's, who's a new therapist and not an experienced yeah. therapist. And, the mistake, if if I may, in, in the question is that people don't come and see us because we offer services. People come and see us because, because we offer an outcome. Now, it's no good listing kinesiology, taping, cupping, sports massage, you know, all of the other passive modalities, which by and large do the same thing of, of modulating pain so that we can encourage our clients to move more easily. Um, so it's about how you make a connection. Um, and I think I did answer this one and said, you know, how do you make a connection with your clients? What's your ideal client? You know, what's your chosen demographic? How do you make that connection? So I would say that, that that's a, a typical answer from a question from somebody who's chasing CPD. And unfortunately, the industry is commercially driven. You, you pass your level three, four or five, whatever you're doing or your degree. And straight away, you're bombarded with emails, commercially driven emails from cupping and kinesiology taping, etc. So I would say just write some some aspirations down, write some interest down in a book um, and, and, and pursue those rather than spending money on, 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 on courses and modalities that you may not get a return on your investment. Wise words. I mean, if I could just add that. I think if, if people are, like you say, chasing, um, for me, because I'm doing a movement therapy degree with Mike Rice, um, for me, that's just personal education because I want to be a better therapist. And I think that's something that clients will invest in you if that you are working on your own education. No, you know, you're not necessarily providing for them. You're, you're doing something for you that's going to make you generally better. Um, my outreach is that now when I'm on social media, I do a little bit of what I'm learning, but I'm also... Um, just posting about the sports I do. So I do running, I do paddleboarding, I play cricket. So the people that are now coming to me know that I have a relation with certain types of sports like running, paddleboarding, cricket. Um, but my education grows not related to those sports, but just generally. So it all kind of fits in together. So it's, I think people are investing in you rather than you trying to find something and invest in for them. Yeah, agreed. You could also jump on a little bit of a conveyor belt in a, in a sense of, um, you know, if you're into running and if you want to be working with runners, then why not get yourself a coaching qualification and train them 
run them into the ground and then get them on the bed. And <laughs> you know, it's just a nice little them, yeah. sort of all. Every, you know, everything rolled into one, basically. I think it's thinking, thinking out the box. There, it's thinking out the box, isn't it? With sort of some of them, it's just because your neighbour does cupping doesn't mean you've got to do it. Be, be different. Mm. Mm. Tim, I can sense that. I can feel the energy coming off you as your light illuminates your face. What are you going to add? Uh, I, I can't add a lot more to what the others have said. I mean, I, I agree with what they say. Yeah, just, just, just. Um, yeah, nothing else to add. Yeah, so it's not so much. Yeah, it's like Gary summed it up, isn't it? Sometimes you think I've got to add more. I've got to have that. My, the menu on my website needs to be longer and longer and longer. We do this, we do this, we do inhale massage, we do hot stones, we do this, we do acupuncture, and, and that's sometimes not the, the answer to it, is it? The danger of offering too much is like going into a bike shop when there's too many bikes for sale. You, you, you're harmonising what you actually want. Mm. Um, so it, it's horses for courses. I think that you, you know. Don't be too wide and don't be too narrow, and and just figure figure out work, work with your with, with your your clientele list and and the areas that you're interested in, like like the running or the or, or the, the weight training or whatever. Excellent. Okay, great answers, gang. Thank you so much. Um, people who are in the live lounge, obviously you can feed your own experience and answers to this as well. I do keep one eye looking on there. Um, I think you're still talking about tables, so I'll leave you to it. I'm glad you got over the chat about Anne Marie as well. You know she will see that Anne Marie is everywhere, like one of you said, eyes everywhere. So yeah, watch out what you say. <laughs> anyway, right, let's go on to the uh, next question, and I shall bring that up now. Okay, so short version is this is question four for this evening. Is there any age limit to children we can treat? Do parents need to stay in the room? And the full question was, I had an inquiry to treat a child, I'm not sure of their age yet. I've treated 12 year olds upwards before, but just wondered if there's any age limit to who we can treat. I'm level five qualified. Do the parents need to stay in the room as well? And that was from um, Sports Matters Training Support Group. There is no legal age limit. I've been looking to this recently. I had a similar conversation in fact i spoke to you gary as well didn't i briefly um i had a a personal training client who was coming in and she was 14 and i was umming and ahhing thinking is this is this legal is it not because you kind of hear you have to be 18 or over or 16 or over and i think even with a uka athletics run leader um they kind of say it's 16 plus but if you dig deeper into the rabbit hole there's actually no there's no legal requirement or no legal age limit whatsoever whether that's in training or um you know physical therapy physical therapy manual therapy as such uh there's obviously we should really be doing a safeguarding course you know if, if we're going to be dealing with with children um because you need to have a little bit of understanding of how their bodies may differ as they go as they're growing um and if they're being forced or being pushed into some sort of sports and maybe that's causing any sort of uh, physical ailments through any sort of pressure and whatnot um and then obviously you do need parental um signed consent of someone of 18 plus um and technically they stay in the room as well um just to be a chaperone but apart from that there's no actual legal limit that i can find anywhere 
I think for for me, it's whatever you're comfortable with. If you're not comfortable seeing with somebody eighteen, don't feel pressured to do it. If it, you know, it's it's yeah. using it's using using your common sense, and and if you're comfortable doing it, do it. If you're not, do you know what? They uh, sign and post somebody that might be comfortable. If what what I would say, Matt, is that for those people who might be listening to the podcast who are not members of a of a professional association or a regulated industry, um, they're the ones on the sticky wicket, in my opinion, because the ones that I've mentioned will have a code of conduct, and the code of conduct will cover the legalities of treating minors. Um, as you know, we've done a couple of, of uh, web chats with Andy Jackson. You know, kids are not mini, mini adults. We have to treat them differently. My history was coaching six to 16 year olds. So I was brought up with that sort of demographic and I've had no problems treating children. What I would say is that the, the legal age of responsibility is 14. So anybody over the age of 14 could actually sign the the consultation form themselves okay. i always ask them what their age is i ask them if they would be happy to sign the form themselves the form themselves whether they understand you know the, the whole process going on but i always insist on having uh, you know a parent or a guardian present and that's not just for their safety that's for my safety as well i don't want them accusing me um, i had a family member who'd um, a gymnastic who'd got a groin strain and wanted to come to see me. I said, well, yes, but you've got to bring your mum. Oh, no, to trust you. I said, it's not about trust. It's about my protection and your protection. Um, and what one of the problems we have as a, an unregulated profession is it's very difficult to get the the relevant DBS checks that, that are portable from, from sport to sport. When I had cricket, um, uh, it used to be called something else, but did CRB checks, didn't it? They weren't portable. So if you're working in football, you had one for football. If you're working in cricket, you had another one for cricket. And this DBS was supposed to, to stop that. But I'm hearing weekly of problems with people, you know, unable to get an advanced DBS check, which is a prerequisite for a job. Well, it's the it's the it's the employer's responsibility, the umbrella body, to get those um, those checks in place for you. But uh, generally, as Ryan said, if you're comfortable treating smaller um, clients, then that that's a decision for you to make. But you have to risk assess. You know, have you got the requisite knowledge and understanding of the mini the sort of the mini athlete rather than treating them as a, as a mini adult as Angie explained on her web chat great advice yeah and, and like Gary said if you are working with children then it'd be great to check out the free CPD of, of chats we've had with Angela Jackson Angie Jackson physio um, and also go to her website and have a little look great wealth of information um, yeah we've got Sarah Jones here it says I've treated a five-year-old um, I often find that when it comes to treating younger adults then then often it turns into you treating the parents which i think is what benjamin alluded to you know when you've got a real young athlete who's coming to you for a sports massage it's probably not something they said like oh can i go for a sports massage please you know it's probably the parents saying right you've missed football two times in a row now we've got to do something to you right you know and you end up and that's really tricky isn't it when when you kind of don't want them to be in the room because you want you can see in the child they're giving you this answer like did it hurt on the pitch no and you can see they're like shaking almost and they want to say yes but have anybody else found that working with kids it's the it's the mum and dad or the carer who's kind of the barrier to progressing sometimes and um, i think i think matt it's a it's also a marketing opportunity and what i've historically done is say to the the mum or the dad look 
I'll, I'll treat, I'll, you know, I'll give a massage to this leg. I want you to copy what I'm doing and give a massage to this leg, to the other leg. And they, they get in, interested in it. And, and they always invariably say, oh, I must book in for a treat for, treatment for myself. So you, you, you get them on board. They become a, you know, a regular client for you. And building that therapeutic alliance with the family, it opens up other family members coming as well. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a business opportunity. I think whatever, yeah. whatever which way you go with it as well, um, you've got to explain it to both parent and child in, in such a way that they both clearly understand. Yeah, definitely. And that'd be a totally different conversation. It's just yeah. tricky sometimes. What you want to say is yeah, you've got to phrase it very carefully because sometimes the parents are to blame. When we're looking at an overload-related injury, the parents are the ones who are pushing it or the child feels indebted because, you know, but anyway, exactly. It's, exactly. it's a tricky one. Tim. May I just uh, mention the so just looking at this from a legal perspective. So it's mm. it's this is really fascinating. Um, this this whole thing and it's something that we've spoken a lot a lot about in my organisation. Um, and so legally, you you are allowed to treat treat children, and, and you don't have to have consent of a parent to treat a child. Um, you don't have to have written consent um, of a parent to treat a child. And you don't have to technically have a parent present. And um, from a legal perspective, that actually comes from something called the Gillick competence. Now, the Gillick competence was case law back in the early 90s, I think, late 80s, where um, it actually transpired that um, that, that a particular mother took, um, took uh, the, the health authority to court because I believe, don't quote me on this, a GP had prescribed a contraceptive to her daughter who was underage. She was 14 or 13 years old. And the mother made a complaint and said, you should never have even seen my child and given her contraceptive. So that so the young girl had gone in to get the pill um, and the GP acted in her best interest to give her the pill so she wouldn't risk getting pregnant. Mother disagreed with it. It went to court and it was called the Gillick competence. So what the Gillick competence is, is that if the child has competency um, to understand the treatment process and can make their own decision-making processes is about what medical treatment or, or, or therapy treatment they are wanting to have, then that is, you, then that's part of a consent procedure. So technically they don't have to have an adult there. However, yeah, the, the big okay, that's the legal side. I think yeah. most people would probably feel more comfortable having a parent present. I also think that in that scenario that Tim talks about, we are talking about regulated medical professionals. Um, we are not a regulated medical profession, and therefore I stand by our code of conduct, which which says even though they may be competent to make that decision, it's always safer to have either an over 14-year-old signing or the parent signing and remaining present. Yeah, it's safer. It is safer. Great stuff, guys. Really good. Um, great question. Whoever sent that in, Mr. Anonymous or Mrs. Anonymous, but it's, yeah, it's a really good question. Hopefully that's going to cast some light on it. Right. So let's um, go for the next one. Bring up these questions now. We are already at questions five. Here we go. Right. So short version. What systems do people use to develop leads? Again, it's something we've touched on before, but it's I've seen it a couple of times in different forms. The full question was essentially that what system do people use to develop leads? I'm looking at a few, but unsure of the pros and the cons. It was an anonymous one again from the sports massage therapy support group. 
I'll, I'll start if you like, Matt. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of, of technology and, and websites for lead generation. I think, you know, in our industry, we're selling ourselves. We're selling ourselves as an outcome to a problem that somebody has. So I would suggest that you go and you talk to people. It might be the running club. It might be the local history society. It might be the local WI. Go and tell them about your skills and what you do and how beneficial your skills can be. Because we want them to be interested in you, the person. And I feel that if you use, uh, and and I know this is going to be covered later, but if you use social media marketing paid for, you use Google Analytics and and marketing paid for, um, then there tends to be a lack of personal touch there. And I think as we are personal therapists, I think that personal touch is far more important than than paying somebody X amount per year for lead generation. Go out and get them yourselves. Solid words. Benjamin, Ryan, what's your experience? Have you have you personally found anything that surprised you? You thought, wow, that's been a really good lead generator. Uh, the the early days, I um, I was trying to sign up to everything to get people in through the door. Uh, treat well wasn't that bad they just take 30 percent and they do sort of the advertising for you because it's in their best interest um yeah yeah that was pretty much it apart from that it's just as gary said it's going around going to sports clubs um going to universities colleges um just yeah just just make go into those um oh, what do you call the um it's a certain sort of marketing, isn't it? Where all professionals sit around the room and they all have tea and cake together and networking. Network marketing. Again, for me, it comes down to having conversations. I mean, like you've touched on, you know, it's mastering that conversation not only for your clients but for, for approaching people. You know, one I would say of all is things like the group on vouchers because you'll get you'll just get hunters there that want five massages for 20 quid that will, won't come back and repeat repeat clients you know don't be scared to price yourself you know exactly where you need to be if people are charging 40 pound and you want to charge 45 pound you might get get a few less clients but identifying the client that you you know you want to work with that gets you excited to get up to go to you know to to do a massage or to to run an injury management clinic or to you know to run a, a coaching session you know, find who you want to work with, and nine times out of ten, that one person will know another person like them, and they'll go go see this person. They know what they're on about, but it all comes down to being a master of conversation. Again, wise words. I like it, Mr. Allardyce. Lead generation. This is a big one for you. Come on now, hit me with it. Um, I, 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 I just think word of mouth, make market yourself. I, I've, I've never used lead generation services, so I, I'm, I'm not really pro them. I just think just promote yourself um, through word of mouth, through networking. Yeah, it's something's being lost, isn't it? Going down to your local club and, you know, you think you're going to reach so many people with social media and in, in some respects you can, but you're missing out just going down park run. If you want to get more runners, why you down park run? Maybe just going around a little bit more regular, turning up at the end when people are tired and having a coffee and just sitting around and with your sports therapist jacket on or something, you know, it's, there are some slightly more obvious things you do, which maybe social media are eclipsing and giving you the impression of, oh, wow, 500 people have looked at this. But yeah, are they people who live near your business or? You know, probably not half of the nine in the country. So, yeah, which these kind are, of 
Go on. Okay. So these are the things that we support the STA members with on our mentorship scheme and, and with Scott's uh, fortnightly coffee evening chats. This topic comes up all of the time. We're always giving ideas. We have other members saying, well, this worked for me and what might work for one person might not work for another. But it's having that that plethora of ideas so you can you can sort of give them all a go and see which ones are, are most successful. Yeah, it's true. And it is things which, again, I mean, obviously, this is the Sports Therapy Association podcast. So we're going to big ourselves up, but that's because we're proud of what we're doing. But this is where your professional association should be giving you free support and advice through things like this and coffee chat mornings and just communicating with other therapists. You know, don't try and reinvent the wheel. Talk to your fellow therapist. What's worked for you? Might be the person just down the road from you. Don't see them as the enemy. You know, think of them as what's worth here. Let's share something. Maybe you've got some clients who I could look after, and blah blah blah. So, yeah, who would have thought the answer was communication? Well, I've got a few other questions and only six minutes left because we have talked um, extensively. What shall I bring up? Maybe what ties in with? I mean, this is a nice question. It's it's yeah, I'm the easiest one because I did see it and I did tell the person which we'd have a little chat about it. So I'll bring this one up now and it's probably something which does affect people because we're all at some point we've all used gift vouchers and things like that um, but the question here was if you have used uh gift vouchers maybe we can talk first about the usefulness of gift vouchers but if you have used gift vouchers then how long do you respect them before they run out and we've all had it before someone comes in with a been through the wash six months old oh i've got a gift voucher and you're like oh my god i didn't realize they're still in circulation so yeah experiences people have you got a clear cutoff time do you put it on the voucher or benjamin yeah. you're nodding whack, away whack it on the voucher three months yeah three months chase them up. yeah three months and then just chase them up um i, I you know I, I never really sold that many so i kept a link uh, mm-hmm. usually people would contact me first to buy once i'd have their details and i just chase them up uh, and say, are you ready to catch that in? Nice and easy. Yeah, there was once or twice that maybe ones went over, but they never really chased it up. It was just, maybe it was bought for a gift, and then the person just never really wanted it afterwards. And it just never over, really over, 60, over 60% of gift vouchers are never redeemed. It's important to put on it if you're printing them, that it doesn't have a cash-in value. Um, yeah. And expiry dates are not legally enforceable if, if, if you gave somebody 50 pounds for christmas it's up to them when they spend it but if you gave them a gift voucher for 50 pounds for a treatment you can't really say well you must spend it in in this amount of time but what i would say is ben's doing exactly the right thing if he's got a three-month expiry before that runs out get in touch with the person it's difficult if the person is, you know, if you're giving it away as a raffle prize for your local rugby club, it's more difficult then. But as long as you're seen to be chasing it up, then I, d- I think you're doing the right thing. I once did a promotion gift vouchers, which was part of a, uh, the gym and the gym I was working in. We sort of did a half and half. And, and about 14 months later, somebody said, I've got a gift voucher to see you. I said, well, I, I don't know where the, that could come from because I haven't issued them for, for about 18 months or so. And they said it was from a, a, a gym. And I said, well, that was a promotion where they funded half and I funded half. And I said, I feel a little bit guilty about this, but, but I didn't get paid for that. You know, it was just something that, that, that was a promotion uh, that was really unsuccessful. But I said, what I'm willing to do is give you a half price treatment and honor my half of that. 
um, and they came in for a half price treatment. And as a result of that, he booked in his workforce, 11 employees to come in once a month. So just making that gesture um, does pay dividends in the end. Honesty. It's only to say honesty. Honesty. I say honesty, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like, um, I think sometimes we all, I know, I say we because I'm saying me and other people I know, but we can be really guilty about not chasing things out. We have these great ideas, we put this great information out there and then we just let it go. Or we've got customers who haven't been in for a while and we're not really on top of it and we're not calling them up again. And we're not giving out the right cards to the right people at the right time of year and stuff. So chasing up, Nikki Mansfield says, I think chasing them up, sending them a reminder is a brilliant way of avoiding the awkward conversation when they try and redeem them a year later. Um, are they that effective, do you think? I always got the impression, I don't know, I never, I never did a study or anything on it or kind of marked it down, but I always found that in your mind, you think a gift voucher is a lovely way of meeting a new person who normally wouldn't be coming to you. And this is it now. You can show them how great you are and show them how lovely it is. And then they're going to come back. But I never found that was really the case. And it just felt like I was kind of like giving free hour away or something or half price hour. What In your experience, have anyone found that gift cards are? It's something you really use a lot in your clinic? It's I think they really good idea. And reason why they're really good ideas is because you get paid up front. Mm-hmm. So your positive cash flow. Now, six months down the line, you've got that money using towards whatever you want to use it towards. It's it's your positive cash flow. So you're not waiting for the money to come in. So I think that's a really big plus for for gift for gift um for gift vouchers. That's good, isn't it? It's it's you're getting the cash if you're the boss, but if you're working for somebody and you didn't get paid until that person comes right. in. Right, yeah. Really. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. That's not quite so attractive, of course, to her. That's what I meant about, oh, great, Matt, you've got, like, a, someone's coming with a gift voucher, and you only get 50% for that, but it's a great opportunity, great lead. It's like, yeah, right. Mm. The person doesn't even want to be here. not even injured. They're just coming because the wife's pushing them. But, yeah, I can see from a business I, I think they tend... I think they tend to work better, Matt. You know, you always see it in Mother's Day, Father's Day, Christmas, mm. etc. They tend to be very sort of seasonal. Mm. But I, I think they tend to work better in a sort of spa, uh, holistic type environment rather than a remedial type environment. That may well be the case, yeah. Good point, good point. Um, cool. Okay, well, look, uh, 8.59 now. There's a few questions which we haven't managed to get to, but that's the way it goes, I'm afraid. So apologies to anybody who did email me, and I said we'll get your question out, but I will add them to next month's. Um, or maybe I'll pass them on to, if, if it was somebody from the STA, maybe I'll feed them over to Scott Lyons for the coffee chat or something, be something to bring up there and have a chat about. Any idea when the next coffee chat is, Gary? Speaking it will on. be a week on Wednesday, week tomorrow. Week tomorrow, Wednesday. Fantastic. Good. Okay. Um, that is nine o'clock on the dot, people. So thank you, everyone who joined us. Um, I think the Facebook event marketing idea I had at work quite well. We had quite a few people coming along tonight. So that was nice to see you all here. Makes it a bit easy. Maybe if there's an event and it gives you a bit more of a reminder. So thank you, people, for joining us. Nice to see some new faces in here. If you listen to podcast um, and it's made you think, oh, yeah, I'd like to go along there and um, share some of the live lounge and ask questions myself, then all you need to do uh, first month is go along to the Sports Therapy Association YouTube channel at 8 o'clock. And this is what we do for the first of the month. The other three 
Tuesdays, like I said, are going to be about the very interesting topic of artificial intelligence and chat GPT, which is an area I've started reading up on. I've avoided it like the play because I just didn't want something else to look at on the screen. But when you look into it, it's the future. And there's actually quite a lot of um, benefits and ways it can, in theory, make your life better until it does turn into an all-consuming monster with tentacles and, and basically turn us onto robots. So make hay whilst the sun shineth, I think will be the message over the next few episodes, and here's how to do it. So yeah, if you're interested in that, um, then do come along um, to the live lounge if you like, Tuesday at 8 o'clock. But for now, um, thank you everyone who's joined us speaker-wise. Um, Gary, thanks very much for coming along, and Benjamin H. Crosley and Ryan Smith and Tim Allardyce. And also Simon uh, Webster, unfortunately, had a power cut or something. I have to leave halfway through, but he's in the chat now. So thanks for joining us, well, Simon. And uh, we will be back um, next Tuesday, like I say. Um, and uh, if you have enjoyed it, then please do leave a rating and a review. Any further words, Gary, in terms of anything specific for STM members or newsletters gone out? Those information. Yeah, newsletter went out uh, today. Um, so to your registered email address, but Jake's also linked in the members group as well. So you can, you can check it there. And as always, if you don't get it, then please check your spam folder <laughs> and add it as a safe address. That's been the message for the last, uh, yeah, however long the STA has been going. Yeah. Right, people. Thanks again. People join us the live lounge. Thanks for joining us and asking questions in there. We will see you all uh, very soon. Take care. You're listening to the Sports Therapy Association podcast. Evidence back into soft tissue therapy.